Houston, we have a birthday. Welcome to the official podcast of the NASA Johnson Space Center, episode 99. I'm Gary Jordan, and I'll be kicking off this discussion today. Two years ago this week, we launched the very first episode of Houston We Have a Podcast, and what a ride it has been. We've brought in so many scientists, engineers, astronauts to talk about a huge variety of topics and to share some of their incredible stories. So to celebrate another great year of Houston We Have a Podcast, the podcast team is going in front of the mics once again to talk about our favorite moments from this past year of episodes. Today, I'm sitting down with producer and audio engineer Alex Perryman, as well as producer and host Pat Ryan and host Dan. Hewitt. So if you're new to the show, this should give you some great perspective on some of the conversations we've had so far. Happy birthday to us. Let's jump right ahead to reminiscing with the podcast team. Enjoy. T-minus five seconds and counting. Mark. One more year down, guys. We are two years into the podcast. How's everyone feeling? Alex, how you feeling? Two feeling years good. in. Feeling good. You were one of the original people that actually helped to start this off. Yeah, Does the- it feel like two years? Yeah, it feels great. You know, it feels nice to be the the OG in, in the group. <laughs> That's true. Well, you you definitely it was me and you definitely from the beginning. Dan, yeah. you actually were part of episode one, which was more like the introduction to let's see if we can do this. Yeah, let's let's see how bad we are. Make sure we can actually do this, and then try to fix it. Mm-hmm. That's why the first four minutes of that episode do not exist. Never, <laughs> never ever saw the light it was, of day. Well, that's what it was. It was us trying to figure this out, and then we got. Where I, I feel like this is like a regular thing now. We're doing it. We're doing it weekly, and now we have Alex. You're part of the regular team. Pat. Now you're part of the regular team, and have been for over a year now. Um. Probably, yeah. A little over a year. Okay. And we have Nora, who's behind us, uh, snapping pictures. Hi, Nora. Hi. <laughs> pointing bright lights in our eyes. All right, so today I'm going to do, remember how what we did last year, basically, just yeah. sat down and sort of reminisced, pulled out our favorite clips. I've pulled out some of my favorite moments, and I hope you guys have done the same. Um, and just want to go from when, I guess, the day, the, the week, sorry, after the last birthday episode. So starting with that week, episode 53 was Stan Love. And by the way, the toilet is part of your water and oxygen supply, just... Oh, we, yeah. So even if the toilet breaks, that also means yeah, that you're going to you be can, a little bit yeah, thirsty. What a way to die, right? Oh, I was going to be the brave first explorer on Mars, and I died because the toilet broke. <laughs> That's not going to look good. And actually, I looked online. This episode, sorry, Dan, beat the episode one with you. This yep. one now has the most downloads of any episode that we've ever done. Now well, it is Stan is, Love. Now it my life Stan is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> now? <laughs> Thank you, Pat. <laughs> A lot of love. Nice room. Paying attention. Um, but interestingly enough, that one was actually almost didn't happen because nope. Stan Love, we were supposed to record 
for two purposes. One was to try to see how much time we had and maybe we can get another episode out of him. But really, Stan Love was supposed to record extra audio clips for the Hazard series we were doing with Human Research Program because we got together all these different people that they laid out that they wanted to talk through these five hazards and Stan Love and Mike Barrett were gonna add to that from the astronaut perspective. Um, I forget exactly what happened. Alex, help me remember. I think like we were supposed to record in this room where we are yes. Studio A, but I think everything, everything was double booked. Everything that could go wrong went wrong yes. that day. It was to the point where I think I was double booked as being the audio engineer. What were you supposed, what were you, what were you doing instead? Uh, there was, a, I think there was like an in-flight event going on. So there was like a live event going on and in some kind of way this room got double booked and we were the smallest thing on the chain. So we got kicked <laughs> out of this room and then we ended up having to go into a closet yep. that's next to a bathroom. Well, we have we have we have this studio, right? We have Studio B, we have another studio, and we have a sound booth, and yes. all three of those yes, were, were taken, taken up. So we ended up going literally into a closet next to the bathrooms. Actually, if you listen to that episode, you can hear a little bit of foot traffic in the back room <laughs> of people going back and forth because we had to get jammed to do that. But what was interesting is Stan Love absolutely loved recording that episode. Yeah, he's he's he had another conflict that he was backed up right against to record this episode and he goes don't worry about it he goes i can i can spend another 30 minutes we recorded an extra 30 minutes got everything got this solo episode and all the clips used for yep. hazard series and at the end he's like if you ever want me to do this again like let just let me know and i'll and i'll kind of come on and do that again so we have to have stan love back and that, nice. it doesn't surprise me that he's one of the top episodes because he's such a good storyteller. He he's been given the talks about why going to Mars is so hard and things like that for years. And it's captivating because yeah. he takes something that's just obviously one of the hardest things humanity could ever do. And he boils it down into, oh, I can actually understand now why this is so freaking hard to mm -hmm. pull off. And uh, actually, if you go online, the reason the reason that while I had him for this Hazard series that I wanted to focus on this specifically is because he's done a lecture. Just like you said, he's been doing the same lecture, but there's like a 40-minute online thing you can find on YouTube somewhere where he goes through why Mars is hard. And what I did was I organized a sort of topic-based script and wanted to hit as much as I could to replicate what was in that at that talk, but I couldn't hit everything because I had such a short amount of time with him. So yeah. we'll definitely have to have him on. But that's where we kicked off the Hazard series. That was that was part of it. Working with Mel Whiting and the Human Research Program. Mike Barrett was the same way too. Yeah. Um, I recorded him in the studio. We did his um, same thing. I wanted to do an episode solo with him, and I wanted to do some clips for the Hazard series, but. Um, we ran out of time and he goes, you know what? Just schedule more time with me I'll be happy to come back and we and we'll redo this and I sent him the new script and he re and he literally did more research on each of the hazards to make it as good as Jeez. possible so that so that episode the one with Mike Barrett is the, the first half where we were talking about his story was the first time we recorded and the second half which is just the five hazards was um, the second time we recorded where he researched all of yeah. the different things and they're back to back and I think that was one of the longer episodes we have like an hour 30 but those also did pretty well in terms of downloads all of the different hazards uh, Zarana Patel uh, Tom Williams Eric Antonson when we recorded with those guys Peter Norse Brian Crusan uh, those actually performed a lot better than some of our our other stuff 
Yeah, and, and if, if I'm going to the dentist and they're going around the corner when I'm getting blasted with x-rays, I'm sure no one's really going to sign up for to get blasted with you know radiation as uh, to find out what happens to your body. Yeah, no one's... Uh, unfortunately, we cannot irradiate people. <laughs> um, <laughs> you say that from a scientific perspective. Yes, yeah. yes, of course. So we rely heavily on animal and cellular models um, to, to gather the evidence we need to characterize the risk from space radiation and, and to, to evaluate countermeasures. And that's, I think, why we continued with more and more series after that one, because yeah. this was sort of a pilot. Um, this is when we did, like, the the going back in time for the International Space Station begins for the 20th anniversary of the first element launches and stuff like that. Um, going through, I'm just kind of hitting these, yeah. different, these different highlights right now. But episode 63, <laughs> that was an interesting day because, <laughs> Pat, you were trying to dedicate that day to recording John Hansen for the Hero series. Mm -hmm. But we got, again, kicked out of everywhere. <laughs> uh, but this time it starting was... Starting with this room. Starting with this room that we're in right now, but it was not something we could undo because the vice president, Mike Pence, well, was coming here. Yeah. Um, and Jim Bridenstine, the administrator, had a whole day planned. So, Pat, what did you have to do to accommodate John Hansen? Well, the week before... My interview that we had scheduled with Hanson, and he had agreed to fly in from Dallas to come down and do the whole thing. And the week before, we found out that the vice president was coming. It was a big surprise, I mean, you know, secret at the time, but um, we couldn't be in here. This Studio A is only a couple of hundred feet from the auditorium where the vice president was going to be, so the Secret Service had commandeered the room. And we were made to look someplace else in a different building, and we ended up in a uh, in a conference room in the astronaut office over in the astronaut office building uh and that was okay but that was a room that we couldn't even get into without somebody's help because we we didn't none of us have the the clearance to get into that building uh, but on on monday morning of the of this week we were going to do the interview with hansen on thursday afternoon um after we'd been told that we couldn't come in here even after we had shifted the time, uh, on that Thursday morning, we were told that the administrator needed to move his podcast, which had been in the morning, mm -hmm. to that afternoon, to the same time that <laughs> our interview with John Hansen was going to be. So at 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm emailing Hansen in Dallas saying, can we move this to another time? And he said, yeah, sure, but I got to go now. I got to go to the airport. <laughs> um, so that left us in a room that we couldn't really access without the help from somebody who was actually in that building. Uh, we went over there in the morning and set up to do an interview with Mr. Bridenstein and the JSC Center Director, Mark Geyer, uh, and then had to leave because everybody had other things to do for the whole Vice President commercial crew palooza that was going on. So the, by the time we went back over to the other building in the afternoon for you to talk to Mr. Bridenstine and Mr. Geyer, Dr. Hansen was showing up in what was the middle of that interview. So he got to come actually come into the room and see the end of that, which was something that we hadn't planned for him. And because we were there later in the day, when we left, we got to go down in the elevator with Doug Hurley, who was one of the commercial crew astronauts uh, who had just been announced that day so that was kind of a treat for dr hansen too but uh it all happened in a way that was not the way we had it carefully planned out shall we say <laughs> you know what that was also the same day that me and nora had to go do another shoot with the administrator 
in another building. And mm -hmm. it was scheduled right after the podcast ended that shoot was supposed to start. So me and Nora were trying to book it out of there to mm. get to that building before he got there and hopefully everything was still set up. And we were we were the first ones out the out the room, but they grabbed the elevator for us. So we had to like kind of patiently wait and then run to beat them in. And we beat them by like maybe like 30 seconds. And then like the administrator just kind of looked at me and Nora like, I just, I just saw you guys. <laughs> And then he's, he's like, wow, you guys got over here quick. Stop I just saw you. Yeah. And I looked at him, I was like, do you believe in magic? And then he was like, huh? And everyone just started laughing. And I was like, I'm a wizard. That's why they call me the audio wizard. That's true. A flashback to a year ago where I think I first called you the audio wizard when uh, yeah. I think it was John accidentally deleted all of the files and you had to resurrect, literally resurrect the files from out of nowhere. So that's why you are the audio wizard. That's a story that never gets old. That's, yes, it is. That was a, that was interesting too because yeah. for the Jim Bridenstine Mark Geyer podcast, we scaled it up a bit. Yes. So there was it wasn't like this. Like right now, we're kind of scaled down a bit. We have we have a port portable audio recorder. We have microphones, but this is we had like the whole set. Yeah. We had we had. Uh, it was on video. It was on video. Yeah. Exactly. So we scaled it up a bit to make that happen. And, and now it's on YouTube, so you can see. It. <laughs> As, as, as we've talked about sending American astronauts on American rockets from American soil, all of that is fantastic. But these commercial crew providers, in many, they, they have seats. They have, they have seven seats on their spacecraft, which means we could be flying tourists to the International Space Station. Episode 64 is where we have Norma Moran come on. Yay, Yay. Nora. Guys, if you're looking at, uh, if you go to Houston, we have a podcast, um, the pages on nasa.gov and see all the cool pictures all throughout some of the different shoots and different moments that we've done. That is all Nora making that happen. Even GIFs and stuff on the last, I remember the uh, splash, was it, Sp spaceship crash testing, you put a GIF in there, that was pretty cool. So welcome to have Nora on the team. Bill Stafford was a great help as well. Episode 65 with Nick Haig. That was an interesting episode. Yes. Because um, what we do to record astronauts uh, is we have a certain amount of time that we try to get a bunch of different products. We try to get astronaut moments. We try to get all these uh, mostly video products but have recently introduced the podcast. And when Nick Haig came on, uh, we knew that his wife, Katie Haig, was going to come. And we had this idea. Maybe we should bring her on the podcast. Problem is, we didn't tell her. We didn't give her the heads up that she was going to come on the podcast. So when you hear um, Katie Hay come on, that is her genuinely reacting to, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing this. Because she literally had no idea. But she handled it like a champ. She's a public affairs officer herself. Um, so she, I think she's very much used to, to all of that. Uh, but it was eye-opening uh, because of that stark difference. Eye-opening and cold. You seem to like cold places. Uh, <laughs> I've changed that now, right? <laughs> yeah, now being in Houston a little bit differently. Uh, at what point did you meet your wife, Katie? Speak of the devil. <laughs> hey, she, she, Katie, you want to come here? Sure. You can participate. <laughs> Do I have a choice? <laughs> you don't have to. We're doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. Fine. So was this? Uh, did you guys meet um, what, during your bachelor's or? or uh, yeah, so at, there, the right? yeah. at the Air Force Academy. Yeah. Um, at the Air Force Academy, we uh, we both graduated in 1998, so we were in the same squadron the last two years there. Okay. Uh, it's kind of funny, you know. We had lunch together every day for two years. Really? 
as really? friends. Right. <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get married until two years after oh, really? graduation. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it was just. So what were you studying? Were you studying um, I was, were you similar programs? I was studying law. Law? Okay, yes. so not similar. Not but similar. Just same kind of. <laughs> I am yeah, not as smart academy. on the technical side. Let's put it that way. But what's interesting about that, Dan, is this sparked a whole series of episodes with astronauts and their spouses. The yes. next one you recorded was with Christina Cook. Yeah, and it's it's cool to get the spouses in there too, just because it it helps you get kind of the full encapsulation of their story. Astronauts are, I mean, even for us here at NASA, almost these mythical beings where they're they're all steely-eyed missile men or insane scientists and all, <laughs> all of these super accomplished people that, that you forget, like these are people. And so having their spouse on and just you learn about the strength of the family that surrounds a lot of these people and the support that they get. And it's like the support that anybody else out there in the world relies on they're just the same yeah that was huge i think um um talking with astronauts i, I absolutely love the privilege i know that was a big theme for the the most recent episode drew morgan's podcast where uh, stacy came on my favorite though was um episode 74 uh ann mclean yes i remember earlier that year uh every every year my family does uh uh, family reunion around around July time frame, and I ran into an uncle there um, that actually doesn't normally come to those uh, things. So it was it was kind of cool seeing him. Uh, my uncle Mike Jordan, and he is a helicopter pilot for the Army, and happened to bring up Ann's name. Like <laughs> you wouldn't happen to know an astronaut named Ann McLean. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I think I, I I think I do. And he said um, he said tell her I said hi, and I go okay, and. In my mind, I knew later that a couple months later, I was going to be recording this with um, Anne McLean. Did not tell her at all that I was going to bring up my uncle Mike. So again, genuine re genuine reaction when I brought her up um, that she was going to be doing that. Yeah, well, the, you couldn't see it on the on the podcast, but her eyes got real big <laughs> when Gary said, "Do you know a guy named Mike Jordan?" And she, "How do you know him?" <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm going through the different types of aircraft, and I'm definitely not going to list them all. But one of the ones that stuck out to me was the C-12, is it Huron, King Air? Mm -hmm. King Air. Did you, um, uh, were taught by a, a pilot, Mike Jordan? How'd you know that? Um, that's my uncle, and he says hi. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was. That's, that's very funny. Um, and and it's, it's funny that because I was actually just talking about him. You can tell him that. Really? Uh, because he has this incredible way of teaching where he is very charismatic. Um, I think another thing we, we did pretty well this year was trying a bunch of different live shows. Yeah. Um, if you remember episode 67 with writing excuses, though, that was actually months in the making to try to make that happen. We got a tip from actually some engineer who happened to know one of the authors, knew they were coming on, and we just kind of scaled this thing up to eventually it became a podcast and an internal event where we did everything on stage. That, that has just come out as, as a book. As a book. Yes. yes, it's called How to Invent Everything. So and the idea is that if you accidentally get thrown into the past, you will be able to recreate electricity and penicillin and all these other things. So that's a pretty nice one to so have. That book wrapped in a towel. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so from personal experience, I would say a spoon. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> now he'll tell you the real answer. <laughs> this is for low Earth orbit. I'm not saying planetary and, you know, 
Um, a spoon is important. Uh, fun fact about that one. Actually, I'm, I actually still talk with Ray, Mary Robinette Kowal. She's actually, really? yeah, she's she's a really cool person and always is interested to find out what we're doing even now and is still an active listener of the podcast. Uh, but interesting part about that live performance is I, er, performance, but live presentation, I uh, was kind of nervous that uh, the crowd wasn't going to react because <laughs> I, I was in my head, I built up this like grand event and we, pr- we probably got... I'd say a hundred people at, yeah. at the at the uh, Teague Auditorium, which is better than I think I was expecting, but it was still like, I, I imagine 700, right? <laughs> so before we recorded the podcast, I said, hey, everyone, if you can give a big, warm JSC welcome for this podcast, that would be amazing. Okay, we're going to start recording now. Hey, everybody, welcome to the first live pr- recording of Houston. We have a podcast, and they erupted. Yay. Yeah, it was <laughs> yes. great. Um, I know, Dan, when you did the Gates McFadden one. <laughs> That's what God. <laughs> when you did the Gates McFadden one, they erupted, and I think you had the benefit of having Gates McFadden there, a highly recognizable character. As soon as you said her name, the crowd went nuts. Definitely, definitely helped. And we had, I don't know if we ever got the final count, but it was a couple hundred. But, I mean, that was at a big public event. Yeah. That wasn't just uh, a kind of NASA employees thing. There was yeah. a comic palooza here in Houston. So they you had a captive audience of thousands of people in a giant convention center who were crazy about comic books and sci-fi and science and things like that. So we, we picked a pretty good spot to go do a great big live one. But They I mean, put us in a room where they said seated 1,500 people, and it yeah. was half full. Yeah, so we, there we was went a good on set right after people. Wilmer Valderrama. That's right. <laughs> which was really, it was really cool to see Who him. Also he was talking him. about 70 show and stuff like that. But we went on right after. And that was that was just an incredible panel of people. You had Gates McFadden, who accomplished actor, director, who's done choreography, a million different things. It was on Star Trek, you know, one of the most iconic sci-fi series. You had Serena Anand Chancellor, NASA astronaut who's just on board the space station. She's also a medical doctor and has done all kinds of insanely cool and interesting and unique things throughout her lifetime. And then we had two medical experts at NASA, one of which who's kind of on the leading edge. And one, one of the things that came up repeatedly during their introductions was none of these people only had one job in their life. <laughs> Every single one of them was you know, Gates, actor, director, choreographer, all these, and Serena astronaut, doctor, and this guy was doctor, and he was a pilot in Canada for the Air Force Reserve, and then our final panelist was somebody who's been doing space and life sciences for astronauts since Apollo. So just the breadth of knowledge, the experience, and then I'm sitting there like, hi, I'm Dan. (laughs) I make funny videos sometimes. Intimidated much? (laughs) But then we had a couple of hundred people, and it went fantastically. I mean, it was in the middle of one of the the Houston monsoons, so (laughs) we all had fun getting into the center. I parked maybe five minutes away and then Ubered (laughs) a five-minute walk, and then I Ubered because it was just (laughs) pouring down rain. Uh, But it was was a blast. Wow. Yeah, do you – I think – I was I was sad to miss that one, but it's it sounded like a really good time, and I know just just listening to it afterwards, I think what was great is that uh, the panel was engaged with each other. They were sort of bouncing yeah. off, and even even Gates, I think, was really she was like genuinely curious. She about was asking things. some of the best questions. Right, she yeah. was. She was doing great. She looked at me two minutes in, and she's like, "Hey, can I ask questions? Is that okay?" <laughs> I was like, "By all means, <laughs> go, <laughs> make it so." <laughs> 
Alex, you've you've had your your fair share of recording podcasts. I guess that was the first time you recorded the podcast um, outside. Yeah. Here, but you've recorded an episode of Gravity Assist, and you've talked to um, a bunch of people about recording the podcast. What's that been like? It's been it's been a blast. You know, working on Gravity Assist, I felt you know like I was cheating on our podcast <laughs> but, because I was like, oh, how how can I do this? How can I record someone else's podcast? But right. it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Not a traitor. You I came back. Couldn't make a mistake. She did. <laughs> But no, it's it's been a blast doing that and just talking in, to people who aren't in the NASA community about our podcast and seeing how excited they are about it. So uh, back in May, I went back to Full Sail University where I went to for their Hall of Fame week. And it's this huge week. This year was the 40th anniversary and it was the 10th Hall of Fame. And I'm standing there looking at all these amazing people who have Oscars and Emmys and Grammys at what they're doing. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the NASA girl here. But you know, I was still excited. And then I had one person walk up, his name is Gary Rizzo. And he just won an Oscar last year for his work for sound mixing on Dunkirk. And he oh, walks cool. up and he goes, hey, I wanted to talk to you about the podcast. I love it. And he started talking about his favorite episodes and I'm like, what is going on here? I was like, no way. Are we really talking about my podcast? I, just, I, was like, I was like, well, I know another Gary who would be very happy to hear you say that. I am very happy. That is awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so what's it like mixing the, the podcast? What, what do you tell people about how, how you actually do podcasting? I guess verse, that versus like yeah. some of the other stuff you're doing for, well, see, for space. You know, it's, it's really interesting because a lot, of, a lot of the people that I talk to when it comes to mixing, they're off into mixing music, whether it's mm. mu mixing music live or mixing it, you know, for TV. And then they asked me, like, so how's it mixing at NASA and, and trying to do a podcast? And I was like, you have to remember mixing is mixing whether you're singing or talking, right? So it's some of the same tips, but our environment is a little bit more unique than others. And so I think that's what makes it more exciting. And that's what gets people, you know, outside of our community, our NASA community, excited about what we're doing here is that it's like, wow. Alex is mixing and there's astronauts on here and there's she's talking to all these amazing people. I'm like, but you just did a show with with a you know, with a superstar yeah. at a packed house. And you wanna talk about me doing a podcast that one of them I had to record in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's the best part is yeah. that, that we're reaching like different different folks, you know, yeah. like just with with Gates McFadden, right? We're reaching like the 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 comic palooza uh, um, uh, category, and with you, we're reaching like the audio engineer, like people who are in film and wouldn't exactly. normally be exposed to like space space flight and stuff. Episode sixty eight, we recorded um, with some headquarters folks, uh, Bob Bob Jacobs, uh, Bill Barry, and Bert Ulrich, and at that time, they did a couple interviews at the Cape with um, with uh, people of the First Man. Yes, um, so the now we're. Yeah, right. the cast members. That's it. Cast members and and crew and director and like all that. And we pulled those interviews in and got some uh, got a little bit of Hollywood in, in exactly. to, into the way we're, that we're doing stuff. Yeah, they said they oh we'd have these air conditioned tents and and I got into the first tent to interview uh, Ryan and Claire and noticed that these huge tubes of AC were pointed at the actors. Not at the interviewers. The, the, rest, of us, the rest of us had nothing. I had one of those two pointed at me, Bob. I was okay. <laughs> and it was, it was hot. It was horribly hot. You know, and it's hard enough talking to these people without sweating, so let's just add, you know, the Florida climate on top of it. And it was just a hot, miserable time, but everyone was really good about it.
I love kind of tackling all these different things and doing stuff a little bit differently. Pat, I feel like this is a good uh, time to bring up the Heroes podcast. Master the Segway. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we've another we, note. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing. Um, Meanwhile, series and and different audiences and stuff. This was just a completely different way of doing stuff. Tell me about the inception of this idea. Uh, credit for the start of it goes to that man in the corner, uh, Greg Wiseman. That's Say right. hi. Hello. That's right. Uh, Greg is is uh, engineering this recording, so Alex can sit up here. But uh, Greg is another audio engineer here, and he mentioned this story in a meeting that we had, and I thought it would be real interesting. Um, and it hit me as, as a fun thing to try to do. Uh, the story I, I thought was going to require talking to a number of people, not just one or two people. And that made me think of the podcast Serial. And I really like that in the way that they talk to dozens of people and then find a way to weave those different uh, interviews together in order to tell one story. I, I think that's really cool, and I decided I wanted to try it. Why not? We can. So uh, Greg helped me contact all the people that had uh, pulled off the trick of rescuing uh, the audio from the Apollo 11 Mission Control Center uh, and set it up. And, and set up interviews for all those people. And the main character we referenced earlier is uh, John Hansen. He's a University of Texas at Dallas uh, professor and an expert nationally in the, the field of speech recognition and speech technology. Uh, we went through that whole uh, soap opera that we talked about a few minutes ago about finally getting it uh, getting it set and, and doing that interview with him. And I sat there with him. We, we talked for about an hour and a half. Uh, to try to get him to tell me the whole story of how he became aware that these tapes existed and how they uh, went through the process of getting them and then trying to play them and finding out that they couldn't. There was only one machine in the world, apparently, that would have been capable of playing these tapes that contained 30 separate sources on each tape. It's a machine that's right here in this building, but it didn't work and they had to figure out how to make it work. And once they did, then they realized that they had no way to digitize those recordings and to do it in a way that would keep the recordings all linked to one another in time, in, ter in terms of when they happened in, in relationship to the other recordings that had happened. Uh, they went through and they, and they finally figured all that out and it's, uh, it's been very successful research from an academic point of view. Uh, the National uh, National Science Foundation folks were, were crowed ab about it to us when we interviewed them. I mean, we talked to Hansen. We talked to a couple of his students that were involved in it, the National Science Foundation, um, some people just out of history that had had somehow dropped in on the story through Greg, as well as a, as a long interview with Greg, and he's still getting fan mail from from that. <laughs> All right. Hey. Um, so it, it it was fun. It, it turned out I got to talk to. We used eight different interviews, and uh, oddly enough, the the time when we finally when when I finally got the time without anything else going on to be able to concentrate and pull the pieces together and write the script was during the furlough. 
when civil servants were gone, right. contractors were still here, and we were allowed to do work on things that did not require direct supervision. Wasn't much else going on, but there was that, and that was a task that was entirely up to me at that point. So I got to do it, and it, it took about a week, but it, I was able to knock out a script that we then, with Greg's help, Greg and I were able to mold around and then and take all the interviews and find the pieces that fit together in order to tell the story in a, in, in a cogent fashion, and I, I think an interesting one. So uh, yeah, I, I had a great time doing it. We've definitely had a lot of positive feedback from that whole series because it weaves, like you said, yeah. I think that style did the story itself justice because there were so many different elements to it. You're not just talking about restoring this ancient piece of hardware to actually play the tapes, but then mm -hmm. there's this whole project to actually digitize them and then eventually do the research. But what NASA got out of it was digitized audio tapes that would have otherwise been sitting on the shelf for who knows mm -hmm. how long, um, but it actually worked out. Well, and and two two follow-ups on that if, if you will yeah. um, i did not listen to all nineteen thousand hours of, of the tapes in order to, to do this but i think john hansen did uh or, or oh, wow. pretty or pretty nearly uh he listened to thousands of hours and when he talked about it with me he was really i i found him really endearing in the way that he relayed just how cool this was to him to be able to hear all this stuff um, and to talk about some of the unusual things that he heard being said. Um, one that I really liked was at one point in the conversation he told me about the great surprise to him uh, when he was listening to audio from Mission Control but heard television commercials from 1969 mm -hmm. being played on there, including some for <gasps> cigarettes. It's almost the way he, he said it. Right. Um, and Greg and I thought that was pretty cool, so we went and made a montage to provide listeners with examples of what TV hmm. advertising in 1969 sounded like. I, I will say that when, I, when we first played some of the first tapes, what kind of surprised me, I th we picked up, I thought, one that was probably PAO. Um, and so I was, a little, I was a young kid at the time, but we actually picked up ABC, NBC, or CBS uh, newsfeed on, the, on these tapes. I didn't think that you would actually have heard that. And I heard some commercials that I remembered <laughs> from 1969. <laughs> Yeah, there, and, and I thought, well, this was Breakfast kind of cereals, yeah, yeah, exactly. Dishwasher um, soap, uh, smoking cigarettes. You yeah. actually had advertisements for that. Yeah, I'd walk a mile for a camel. If you don't buy RCA, you may be buying an obsolete color TV. but the office is my duty. Featuring special savings on specially equipped Fury, Valiant, Barracuda, and Belvedere models. When you're out of Schlitz, you're out of beer. And we played that back, and that appeared in in the episode, and it was it was great, and it was fun, and it was that's another example I think of of the fun we were able to have with it, uh, and not take ourselves too seriously. Sometimes NASA does, but we we tried not to. I I was working through the script in the uh, the second episode. And we got to a section where we were talking about how to rehabilitate the Soundscriber, this great big machine that at that point didn't work, but had to work in order for their, their thing to be pulled off. 
I realized that Greg and another guest, Larry Vroman, uh, kept repeating a technical term. You've got to do something in order to explain to the listener what that means. Uh, I got an idea about how to do it, and I said, okay, why not? Just do it. And uh, I tripped over an article in there about Greg. Talk, they had interviewed Greg about his project. And back at that time, he was struggling with, for example, the pitch roller. Wait a minute. There's that phrase again. He was struggling with the what? Pitch roller. I feel compelled to pause here. What is a pinch roller, and why does it matter? Well, the rubber is a compliant, tacky surface. And the, the capstan, the metal machined capstan, is not. So the capstan is rotated at a speed that the surface contact with the tape achieves the desired tape speed. And then the pinch roller simply ensures intimate contact, and the pinch roller actually does the pulling of the tape. And after I let Larry finish explaining what a pinch roller was, we resumed. I went back to, and now on with the countdown. We'd conveyed the information that we wanted to. We had fun at it. And then later on, when people said pinch roller, we added, ding. <laughs> so we had, we had a good time. I like that. I like <laughs> listening to that one. Yeah. I mean, I would just kind of pile on top. If you haven't gone through, go listen to that series just because it's it's almost it's almost like a national treasure story to me. <laughs> it's when you when you talk about Apollo and everybody's going to hear about it every single day for the next 2 months. It's it's this event that it's this crowning achievement in human history and as such it's just been studied and dissected and talked about ad nauseum for 50 years. So when you find something that has just kind of been unearthed, this un, this hidden treasure, and then you get to tell the whole story of how this monumental undertaking just to make it so the entire world can enjoy it, that's really cool. And that's not something that we get to do very often. Oh. And in this case, what we all, in the process of doing that, we, all, we unearthed another aspect of those tapes that applied to actually another one of our episodes, the yeah. recent episode about the restoration of the Apollo-era mission control room. Um, Greg had explained to me that those mission control tapes from Apollo 11, the speech in them was understandable when they started playing it, but it wasn't clear. It had what's called wow and flutter, Alex. You, you know, yes. That's just dis it's distortions, right? Right. Uh, and the speech was understandable. Anyways, out in the world, there's a guy named Ben Feist who had worked with Apollo Audio in the past. He had his own website uh, where he posted all of the audio from Apollo 17, from, from the last mission to the moon. But he became aware of John Hansen's research and got together with an audio engineer from Europe, and they wrote a computer program to correct those errors. Hmm in the sound of the tape. They they broke it down. I had to ask him this question three times before I could really understand it. They broke down the audio from the Apollo 11 Mission Control Center into sections that the computer could look at and make corrections based on a reference from a, from a time code signal. They broke it down into 11, I'm sorry, 8,000 frames per second. Wow. And corrected 
each of those frames, 8,000 of them per second, for the whole night, for the whole however many thousands of hours it was in just for Apollo 11, to compensate for the wow and the flutter. That audio was used in John Hansen's project. It's the audio that we used in in the podcast, and it's also being used in the actual restoration of the Apollo flight control room. Hmm. Visitors who go in there in the future are going to be presented with a, a you know as if you're sitting there really during the mission and the audio that they're going to hear is the audio that Ben Feist and this other guy fixed, if you will, so that it sounds like people are sitting in the room right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I love that, the whole, that whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And you can check them all out is it explorepollo.org that's right and that's where you can you can hear everything and how all of it is being used in in different products i love that story so much and i love the fact that we're going back and doing more apollo stuff uh nora put together a cool page on all of the apollo content that we're doing one of my favorites actually was when we did apollo 8 that one was actually there was a gap between part one and part two because like pat was saying that was that time where civil servants were on a shutdown Mm -hmm. and some of us couldn't work so we couldn't post the podcast. Um, but Apollo 8, uh, I specifically remember, it was, I guess, more than two years ago at this point, uh, I flew out to Billings, Montana to go interview Frank Borman. But it was for Apollo 1 at the time that was passing the 50th anniversary back in 2017. And when I was there, I got to record some an interview with him that was actually put together with a series of people because we didn't actually have the resources to go out and send a whole crew out to interview, so it was just me doing the whole thing. But I remembered that and pulled it for the Apollo 8 episode, which we recorded with Jennifer Rosnazel, who I'm happy to have on here soon again, um, and uh, for the Apollo 1 um, actual event that we did, and we pulled that from the archives as well. And that's what I think is, is cool about doing this podcast as you were saying you know we have this format why not try new things let's try the series mm-hmm. we've been doing the live episodes on stage dan you did the one at comic palooza we did them on stage here a couple times yep. we took panels that were not podcast but would otherwise be cool content anyway and turned them into a podcast uh we're just trying different things and i like that i think one of my favorites though was shine down that was awesome that was really cool thanks to genie aquino aquino and uh, leah cheshire for that one because that we all pulled that together that I think we were trying to get Shine Down here, but just the timing didn't work out. Um, but it was still a good conversation that we wanted to have about mental health, and it's a topic that is often unexplored, I think, right. something we don't normally talk about. There was times when I, on a Saturday morning, I might be feeling a little worn out, and I would just be there. I'd had a laptop in there. I'd start watching a movie, and uh, that was a nice way to just decompress. Just time by yourself, but you, but you had the weekends. Guys, I don't think you have weekends when you're when you're touring. <laughs> we generally have, uh, you know, two shows on one day off, three shows on one day off, two shows on one day off. Occasionally, we have two. We just got done with two days off in a row, which never happens, uh, which we really enjoyed. But we can go get a hamburger. We can go get a hamburger. You know? <laughs> and we're we're right, yeah. We There's can't. We're not up there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, actually, the, the, I have a question for both Mark and I think it's for both Mark and Dr. Jim there. You both probably chime in on this. So for me, um, one, one of the issues that I have being on tour is my hobbies. So my hobbies that I love to do and the things I love to do really aren't conducive to being on tour. 
So I was really happy to have those guys on um, and uh, and really open up. And I think what was what's great about that one is after that podcast ended, uh, the guests I had there in the studio, um, Mark Vandehei and Jim Picano, uh, paused for a second and they they kind of were like, wow. Yeah. Thank you for letting me be a part of that. They're like, I, I didn't expect it. I don't know what they expected, but um, they were like, I didn't expect it to go that way. And I'm, thank you for having me be a part of that. That was that was really, really cool. Guys, this is episode 99. We're coming up on 100 next. What's next? What's next? Pat, what are we doing for episode 100? What is the, what's, what's coming up? Truth of the matter is we're still figuring out the exact composition of what uh, episodes 100 and 101 will be about but they are both around the uh, 50th anniversary of the first moon landing of the first humans to land on the moon we have got uh we've got a, a historical discussion in in the plans we have another interview with the nasa administrator to talk not only about the past but probably a, a good bit about the future i have a, I, I think that that's probably what mr bridenstine wants to talk about mostly uh, we are also in the midst of producing a second episode in which the voices of the people who are leading the human space exploration effort today talk about how Apollo 11 influenced them in their current careers and their thoughts about what we're going to do next, about returning to the moon slash uh, going forward to the moon in just the next few years and then going beyond the moon and going to Mars and God, who knows where else. Um, we've talked to uh, some folks from headquarters and a lot of people from here in Houston, since Johnson Space Center is the home of human space flight in America. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> that uh, We're going to have those two episodes on uh, July 12th and 19th in recognition of the big anniversary. All right. A lot of great stuff coming up. Um, I think... Um what, again, what I'm going to reiterate, one of the best parts about doing this is we get to try new things and explore new themes. Yeah. Um, we've done a bunch of, we've done series, we've done live episodes, we've done video episodes, we've done episodes from space. That was fun when we did that back in like episode yeah, six. That was fun. Yep. Um, and we've recorded panels. Um, if you know you, what? You know what we haven't done. Where we haven't we done? A musical. <laughs> musical. Dan's, how's, how's your singing voice? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that'll be the end of the podcast, though, right? Like, we're all on board with that? Okay. We'll go out with a bang. Um, we'll go out with something. Yeah, but honestly, um, I, I do I do like checking out some of the reviews that we get. It's mostly positive, and I think we've we've sort of tweaked the way that we do things and try new things along the way. But if you have a suggestion for the podcast, please make sure to uh, say so. Hashtag Ask NASA. Leave a review um, somewhere between I think five and five stars is is the best place to <laughs> to rate this podcast uh, and 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 provide any suggestions on what we should do or what we're doing well and what we're doing not well. The more reviews, the better uh we absolutely love doing this um if you want to hear more pat because pat's been hosting a lot more and or if you want to hear uh more dan because dan's been hosting a lot less yeah i'm, <laughs> or, I'm realizing that as i go through this i'm like man i the idea to, was to phase you out but we had you, i we had i can take a hint <laughs> um yeah and and uh 
special thanks to you, the listener. Uh, the reason that this has gone on for two years is because um, we've been receiving great feedback from you so far that this is an important thing to do, so we will continue to do it. So uh, thank you so much for listening and downloading, and please let us know if you have any more suggestions. I have a cake here that says, Houston, we have another podcast. Let's dig in, guys. Good. Thanks. Yes. Here's to another year. Yay! Hey, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed us uh, reminiscing here on what we've done the past year. It's been a great ride, and uh, I really hope we continue this for as long as possible. Again, please leave us a great review uh, or any kind of critical reviews if you want us to do something a little bit different or explore more series or more live stuff, whatever you want. Um, uh, it would really help us to think about what we're going to be doing and what we're going to focus on in the future. NASA.gov slash podcast is where you can go to find all of the NASA podcasts. We're just one of them. Uh, otherwise, you can just come to our site, nasa.gov slash johnson slash hwhap as in houston we have a podcast uh you can see the full transcripts of every episode and there's a link there where you can find just our apollo 50th anniversary collection uh we usually promote the episode on the nasa johnson space center pages of uh our uh, i guess social media presence on facebook twitter and instagram use the hashtag ask nasa on your favorite platform to submit an idea make sure it's uh to mention it's for houston we have a podcast so we can bring it on this episode was recorded on June 17th, 2019. Special thanks to Kelly Humphreys, Greg Wiseman, Bill Stafford, and Norm Moran for all of their help to make this past year possible. And thanks as always to Alex Perryman and to Pat Ryan who are instrumental to happen, make this happen every single week, and to Dan Hewitt who has been with us since the very beginning. And thanks to you for listening and helping with the success of the podcast and helps us to keep this going. We'll be back with a special episode to celebrate the Apollo 50th anniversary with episode 100 of Houston We Have a Podcast next week. And if you haven't yet, check out NASA's newest podcast called NASA Explorers Apollo from NASA's Goddard Space Center, Goddard Space Flight Center for all of your Apollo 11 50th needs. We'll leave you with this quick teaser. July 20th, 1969. The day that changed our place in space forever. Yeah, the moon is there, boy, in all its splendor. When Neil Armstrong took his small step and our giant leap, the whole world was watching. You know, it was kind of like hard to believe that this was really happening in front of our eyes. I remember that my parents were huddled around the television. Coming soon, NASA Explorers Apollo is a special NASA audio series that tells lesser-known stories behind the missions that took humans to the moon. We examine the things you might not have considered and ask questions like, what are we still learning about our moon? What happened to the lost data of the Apollo era? And how are we now preparing to go back? This summer, you can listen to NASA Explorers on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Until then, you can help NASA tell the story of Apollo by sending us your memories. Visit nasa.gov slash Apollo stories to learn more.